0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It's draft day. Happy draft day, everybody. This Thursday pod, we're going through the AFC teams, every single team in the AFC. What's their draft plan? How many picks do they have? How are they going to... Attack this NFL draft. A couple new rumors, as is always the case on draft morning, are dropping. So we'll talk about some of those things. And we've got a trade with one of those AFC teams as well. The Broncos adding a quarterback. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you. At BD Peacock on Twitter. At Williamson NFL. Matt, a quick note Glazer dropping a little something this morning. Saints trying to move all the way up into the top 10 he says and then he came back later and said that not for a quarterback what are your thoughts on that one does that one pass the smell test Saints going from where are they 28 all the way up into the top 10 you're giving up multiple first round picks for not a quarterback I'm not sure about that one
0: not sure about that one and what I heard was a corner is what they're after I assume Certaine or Horn son of a former Saint um I'm not buying that just because it's so far to go. The one thing I am buying that we mentioned yesterday, that organization just doesn't care. You know, we need all the picks we can get. Let's get some cheap labor. Nah, screw it. Up. Let's just th- throw it all away and go get one guy. Yeah. You know, that's how they drafted. That's how they've lived. Um, you know, fun stuff in, in New Orleans, party it up, go for broke. And that's how the organization is. And I respect it. But I tend to lean the direction you were saying is if you're going to go up that high, it's for one of the five quarterbacks.
1: Right. And I immediately thought, well, look, I, it wouldn't be surprising if they went went up for a quarterback. And maybe they're calling everybody from the top 10 all the way down. And maybe they only go up mm-hmm. two spots if it's for a corner, right? Uh, make sure they stay in in front of us, a couple other teams there in the mid-late first round that are trying to get corners. I could see that, absolutely. But you're not going to the top 10 and paying that price unless it's for a quarterback. But the first thing I thought is, and we talked about this just a couple days ago because it was the anniversary, the four-year anniversary of, Kansas City Chiefs going from 27, one spot higher than where the Saints are right now, to pick 10 and drafting Patrick Mahomes. What if Sean Payton was able to go up into the top 10 and draft Justin Fields? Justin Fields with yeah. Sean Payton in New Orleans? How about that one? That would be a very similar type move, and that could spell trouble for a lot of teams there in the NFC South.
0: Right, you could bring him along perfectly with the gr- the perfect guy to do it. Uh, he doesn't even have to start this year. Jameis could be your guy. Um, yeah, I, that kind of stuff makes sense to me. And if that if that means moving a couple future firsts or whatever, or future first and a second, or you know, paying the, the a premium to do it, I'm all for it because they'll find the other pieces, the O-lines in place. Uh, as for the corner world, I could see them being in on a Caleb Farley if he falls to 18, 19, 20. You know, I mean, that, that's more reasonable to me.
1: There was another quick report. Not sure I'm buying this one. This guy's got a blue check, but I've never heard of him. Bill Michaels, he's a radio guy in, I think, the Minnesota market, maybe. He says that he's got sources and confirmed by others that the 49ers offered the Packers the number three overall pick in this year's draft, plus some other picks, and maybe a player or two, including Jimmy Garoppolo, for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that one doesn't pass the smell test for me either.
0: I it does from a Niners perspective. Well, I mean, wouldn't your they, team be in better shape with if they would have said yes?
1: Well, wouldn't they have assume, done that before they traded up? And if you're the Packers, wouldn't you have rather had the three firsts and a third plus some other things rather than going up to number three? Because then you, control, you could control where you want to go. I would think that this is something that they got turned down yeah, first, right. then traded up to number three. That would make more sense to me.
0: Yeah, I didn't give it much thought. But, yeah, that does make more sense. Because you would think if the Packers, especially if they had Jimmy and Love, they're not taking a they're, – they're taking Pitts or Chase or – you know what I mean? They're, they're out of the quarterback market probably.
1: Right, exactly. If so be three, they wouldn't right. need to go all the way up to number three, maybe you know for Pitts or whatever. But um, that would be a signal that they like Jordan Love and then they want the veteran quarterback back and returning, Garoppolo, just to be sure. And that would make some sense. So the quarterback at three would be completely unnecessary. Not sure I'm buying that one, but it's a, it's a fun little rumor nonetheless.
0: Let's get into the AFC in yes. one second. Okay. One uh, – Niner prediction. I just want to put it out there before the draft happens. And these aren't super bold. I'm putting a chip down. It's going to be Mac Jones at three. And Jimmy will not be a Niner tomorrow when we get together.
1: I think Friday morning, Jimmy Garoppolo will also not be a Niner. And there's some talk that um, maybe the Patriots and Jimmy Garoppolo's folks uh, are – in contract negotiations and it could be similar yeah. to what we saw with Bridgewater you got to take a pay cut but you get out and you go to a team and you have a better shot to play because the 49ers are going to draft a quarterback and no matter which quarterback they draft at three that guy's going to play as a rookie because that's what happens when you draft a quarterback at number three so Jimmy's gone in my opinion New yeah. England Patriots one and of it, the few teams the left. the Niners
0: make or the Patriots make all the sense
1: it makes a ton of sense right and yeah. They're the last team left, really, now that the Broncos, and I guess we can start there with our AFC teams, and we've got to rapidly move through these, but the Denver Broncos have made a deal to get themselves uh, what looks to be a backup quarterback, right, uh, to push Drew Locke. This isn't a starter move, and he's getting paid backup money now after restructuring his contract. So the Panthers are paying Bridgewater $7 million to get rid of him. They ended up paying him $30 million for one year, which is crazy. The Broncos paying him $3 million according to uh, the way this is going to be structured. And the Panthers get a sixth-round pick from Denver for Teddy Bridgewater.
0: Yeah, I say from a Denver perspective, I'm not a Bridgewater guy, but he couldn't be any more opposite than Drew Locke, who's much more Winston-esque. Bridgewater's not going to lose games for you. He's the better's dream. Like, against the spread, Bridgewater kills it. If you bet on Bridgewater his whole career, you've made a lot of money because his teams are always a dog because the other quarterback's better but he always keeps it close because he doesn't make any mistakes. So Denver gets him who might now be their best quarterback for 3 million a year in a six round pick. Okay. You know, I mean, that doesn't mean they don't take fields or Lance or move up or change their opinion of the draft one bit.
1: Denver at number nine. So we'll start with the Broncos and kind of go thing, go out of order with these things. Um, but we're going to go mostly alphabetical here through the AFC. Number 9 pick, does it change where they're going? Quarterback there, or does it, like the Panthers we saw earlier with the Darnold thing, they feel comfortable at quarterback, but if one falls, maybe you still grab the guy.
0: See, I still think if Fields or Lance or whomever is there at 7, Denver at 9 calls them and says, let's swap, and I'll give you the 40th pick or something else or future first or whatever, and you go to camp with. Maybe Teddy is your total bridge, you know, Trump, you know, and you know, maybe a shop lock on you know, a cheap contract deal to the Saints or Steelers or somebody like that. You know, I mean, somebody that has a veteran or Atlanta, if they don't draft theirs, and you let the, the other guy, you know, hold, go in there. I, I think you're still very much in the quarterback market if you're Denver. If you stick and pick at nine, I don't see an obvious one. I mean, I think they could then be a trade down candidate.
1: We've got to go fast here, but yeah. reading the tea leaves here. Remember the reports when the the big three team trade happened, and Philly went from six to twelve. And apparently, they tried to move up with the Jets because they only liked two quarterbacks, but not three. Yeah. yeah. And with Darnold going to to um, to Carolina and Teddy going to Denver, are these teams telling us that maybe they're not all that wild about quarterbacks three, four, five?
0: I don't know. Uh, I, I just think that there's some fallback plans in place. Bridgewater, to be is the ultimate you know, trampoline fallback plan that if we can't get them, we're better on game day right now than we were before this trade.
1: I like Denver's roster.
0: If they get some pretty
1: them? acceptable quarterback play, love Fangio as a defensive coach. If that offense, and they've got weapons on the offensive side of the ball, pass catchers, like... Uh, yeah, grab I don't really that,
0: even know what their needs are.
1: Grab that corner at 9 uh, you know, grab a, an impact player at nine that's a non-quarterback. I could see Teddy Bridgewater, even though I don't love him, and even Drew Locke, if he takes a step and gets pushed by Bridgewater, I could see that uh, being a playoff Me
0: team. Me too. Right? They're always going to have a good defense with Fangio. He's that good of a mind. And now you get Von Miller back. The corners are better shape. You could draft a corner at nine. You could even move to 15 and take Micah Parsons or JOK or Zaven Collins, something like that. And then... They don't need much. I mean, I really don't think they do. You know, another offensive lineman wouldn't kill them, sure. But Munchak coaches that group up too. They have the skill position players. Uh, I, I like where they're at quite a bit. I would still try to go get a quarterback.
1: All right, we got to jam through these Baltimore yeah. Ravens. How about Julio Jones to the Baltimore Ravens? I know their their cap situation isn't perfect, but they've got two yeah. first round picks. They got the second rounder. I feel like they can really turn this draft hall into something. And they've had trouble getting. Wide receivers in there in free agency. And they also are in a spot where maybe those first round wide receivers are gone and they're looking more at a, a day two pick and you don't want to force it at the end of round one. What about moving those picks around and ending up with Julio Jones in a few draft picks at the end of Thursday night?
0: Maybe uh, Julio would hate that because they don't ever throw him the ball. Uh, I mean, uh, I kind of understand it. You know, I, I I think one of their first round picks will be a wide receiver and the other will probably be an offensive lineman. The thing that amazes me about Baltimore is they have 10 picks and only one of them is in the last two rounds. And some of that's from the Chiefs moves, but it's also from comp pick moves. Next year, they're already scheduled to get two-thirds in comp picks for Judon and the Dockway. Like, they always have all these premium picks, and it's a nice way to build your roster cheap and just take best guys available even if you don't need them.
1: All right, Buffalo Bills coming up next. We will jam through the rest of the AFC. What picks do they have? What should be their draft plans? As we are officially now at Draft Day 2021. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes no manual trades no picking stocks no watching the stock market every day they automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest and best of all it's automatic Wealthfront is trusted with over twenty billion dollars of assets, and you can get your first five thousand dollars managed for free by going to wealthfront.com/slash-locked-on-NFL. Grow your wealth, do it the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. All you need to get started is five hundred dollars, and you can get your first five thousand dollars managed for free for life. Go to wealthfront.com/slash. Locked on NFL, that's Wealthfront, dot com slash Locked on NFL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash Locked on NFL. Get started today. Buffalo Bills picking 30 overall in round number one, Matt. This is a tough team because there's not an obvious bunch of needs on the roster. You kind of just give them an edge player in every single mock draft. How do you see yeah. this playing out for the Buffalo Bills? Could they be maybe a little bit aggressive because they don't have a ton of needs on the roster?
0: The rumor you're hearing, which kind of adds up, is that they're infatuated with Travis Atien. I mean, I think Singletary is a total jag and not an impact player. ATN has a lot more juice, a lot of home run speed, receiver, you know, you can mix him in with Moss. So I kind of understand that. But I think I'd take a corner to put to opposite Tredavis White or a project edge rusher like Jason Oway. you know, and then maybe that's a second, third round move, but wouldn't blow me away if ATN ended up there. They also have an extra fifth-round
1: pick. By the way, one of our listeners tweeted at us to ask us about draft props if we did an episode about draft props. We did not. We kind of ran out of time here to do that. But one draft prop I liked that I did put a little bit on was Travis ATN being the first running back. I just think that really? athleticism plays. And I know that Najee Harris has gotten most of the hype recently, but he didn't even throw a 40 time out there. I think ATN is that player that o- offensive, you know, coaches will see and be like, yeah, you know what, let's get that juice. And I, I I, could see ATN going to the Buffalo Bills, and I thought that was good value getting uh, ATN as the first running back off the board. Whenever that is uh, in this draft, I could see it at 30, and I could see it above 30 too. But just, you know, the, the athletic running back seems to be the guy that goes first this day and age, and I think he's a better prospect than uh, the any of the running backs last year, right? Am, am I wrong on that? Hmm. I mean, maybe not... <laughs>
0: Dobbins was my favorite a year ago. I
1: see. That's the thing is I like Dobbins, but I like ATN better than the only first round running back. I guess I, guess I should put it that way because I, I you know, he, he wasn't my favorite first. My favorite running back at yeah, first was, last year, but Kansas City at thirty two drafted running back, and I like ATN better.
0: I understand that. Yeah, I mean, like, there's some revisionist history. Like, I might take Jonathan Taylor over all of them right now. Um, ATN's a little straight line ish for me, but as much as the Bills throw. They're going to use him a ton as a receiver, draws, things like that, where it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of subtle left-right movement and things. I think he's a really good back. I think Harris is the better prospect, though. I think we just differ on that uh, because of his size.
1: Yeah, I mean, Harris is more complete, and that's totally fair. But yeah, I think just yeah. athleticism plays, and we always see that. Oh, you're right. That athletic, explosive player is the one that everyone's surprised about. John Ross going top 10. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, the teams love that. Uh, anyway, speaking of John Ross, if how If they're
0: about infatuated with ATN, I would I totally understand.
1: Right. No, it, it would make sense. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals, they are drafting at number five. Quarterback coming off a torn ACL. This is the big debate with Bengals. Bengals' Twitter right now is a mess because they know they're going to get a really good player, and but they're fighting because they have a feeling Pitts won't be there, and it's Sewell versus Chase. And everyone's like, well, do you protect the quarterback, your investment, or do you get him his college weapon from LSU? What are your thoughts there with the Bengals?
0: I have mixed feelings. What I would do, this is my going to be my projection, though, on noon, you know, a couple hours before it happens. I think Chase goes five, and then you get White Davis or some legit guard at thirty-eight, and then maybe you take another offensive lineman at sixty-nine. Like a lot of these people look at this and say, if you don't, if you take a running back or a skill guy in the first round, you should always take O line. Well, what if you do skill O-line, O-line in a deep O-line draft? I mean, it doesn't mean they're not going to draft any offensive linemen.
1: There's going to be a pretty good player there at 38. So let's yeah. say it's like... uh, I,
0: Landon Dickerson. Was, yeah, you Landon know?
1: Dickerson. Uh, maybe like Dylan Raidens, small school yeah, guy that's exactly. pretty likely that it could be a starting offensive tackle for you. Is that plus Chase better than Sewell plus... Um, I don't know, Elijah Moore. I don't know what wide receiver you could get at 38. You could probably get a pretty good one, and history tells us those second-round wide receivers are pretty good. If you really believe that Sewell is is close to that generational-type player, I think I would do that. If you think the wide receiver's generational, I think you get a pretty good player at 38, so I think you kind of got to trust your board. I don't even know if it's so much wide receiver versus offensive line anymore at that point. I think it's who's the guy, and for me, if it's Kyle Pitts, that would be my pick if he's still there at 5
0: me too me too yeah I don't think that was shot at him
1: Cleveland Browns they're picking at 26. they've been a difficult team for me when I'm trying to project that first round and looking at pick 26 corners not really a great spot there um maybe you go with a defensive lineman but they just brought in a defensive lineman in free agency so maybe that's telling us that they're not going to go in that direction they do have a number of extra picks too a couple of thirds a couple of fourth rounders so they could go up if they wanted to and it's a, it's a pretty good roster
0: Yeah, I think they could trade up throughout the draft. Didn't realize they had the extra third, the extra fourth, because they don't have a lot of needs. You know, like I think they'd love to leave this draft with maybe a starting linebacker like a Jamin Davis or a Zaven Collins at twenty six, or even move up a couple spots to grab a Collins or a falling Micah Parsons or a JOK. I would still add more defensive line help. Clowney's a one year rental and he's very injury prone anyway. D-tackle would maybe factor in. And I think a receiver that can take the top off. I mean, even if that's Anthony Schwartz in the late third. You know, just someone fast.
1: How about this for a plan? So you go front seven at pick twenty six. Their yeah. second rounder is at 59. You use one of those thirds to go up from 59 to get your corner and get one of those second tier corners you like a lot, maybe one of the guys from Georgia, Tyson Campbell okay. or Eric Stokes, something like that on the outside, you know, a height weight speed guy with potential to be, you know, a really good starting caliber player but isn't one of the top 3 or 4 corners in the class which you're not going to get at 26 anyway. And Challenge then, Greedy. Yeah, and then you still have, you know, a third and a couple of fourths and then you you try to find that speed demon at wide receiver.
0: Yeah. They have a lot of options. I mean, I can't believe you say this about the Browns leading into a draft, but they have more supplies than need.
1: The Houston Texans, let's see, round one. Oh, 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 no, okay, not round one. Nope, not round two either. Okay, let's go all the way to pick 67 in round three. They're picking again in round four, 109, a couple of fifth rounders. They've got three sixth rounders and a seventh rounder, so... A lot of day three action for the Texans. One day two pick at pick sixty seven. What is like? How do you even begin to plan for that if you're the Houston Texans GM?
0: I have no idea. I mean, I don't think position (laughs) matters at all.
1: Right. Just slap. Put your board together. Yeah. Who's on the top? Take them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to bring in eight picks from round three on. You brought in thirty cheap free agents. I think you just want to totally change the culture and make the locker room unrecognizable. You know, we're just going to totally start from scratch and bring in guys that play hard and have them all compete for roster spots and maybe find a diamond in the rough out of those 30 or 40 guys we brought in from last year.
1: Indianapolis Colts at 21 overall, and they just have a a pretty standard draft. They don't have a third rounder, so this is definitely a team that loves their day two picks. So yes. moving down, I think, is a scenario for the Indianapolis Colts for sure. They're at 21 now. They pick again at 54. Then they've got their uh, next pick at 127 in round four. Colts, what do you think? What need? What are they attacking if they went down?
0: Yeah, I, I I think this team screams trade down. Yeah. Because they always do. They love second-round picks. They're also going to be short a pick for Wentz from next year, Mm. you know, that, that probably is making them, you know, their skin crawl a little bit too. They want all the day picks. They can day two picks. They can get. So I think this is a very easy landing spot for some of the jump to 21 to grab Caleb Farley or whatever, unless a guy like Darisaw is sitting there. I mean, if a true left tackle is sitting there, I think they're crazy to pass on them and they've shown time and time again that they will use high resources on offensive linemen. Corner and edge rusher are also in the equation.
1: And by the way, Rappaport earlier uh, quoted some NFL executives that described the 2022 draft value as those picks next year are like gold. And there should be more talent, clear evaluations, more tape. We could see uh, an all-time low of future picks dealt. And I think a team like the Colts that are down picks in the future could – would absolutely jump at some of those picks if, if they were offered that to move down from pick number 21. Jacksonville this Jaguars, next Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> wow. like run this draft, right? And, and we already yes. know who they're going to pick at number one, and I think the storylines have been owned over the course of the last month by the 49ers because of their trade-up. But when you are drafting one, and there's potentially a generational quarterback for you at one, then you have another pick at 25, then another pick at 33, then another pick at 45, uh, then another pick at 65. So they've got five top 65 picks, and they're coming back with two more fourths, two more fifths. The Jacksonville Jaguars run this draft, and once the draft actually starts, it's going to be all about the Jags, their new quarterback, and then picking again uh, Thursday night. And who knows? Jump back in around one for three, or maybe go higher from 25 and go get somebody. They can they can do anything they want.
0: They can do anything they want, and they still need a lot. Um, the quarterback's in place now. We know that. Um, a lot of us have mocked, Moe or Barmore, at 25 or best edge guy. I had Jalen Phillips there one time. What I've been hearing is uh, people close to the organization have said of these top five picks, we already know one's going to be offense. Don't be surprised if three or four are offense that we are not going to let Trevor Lawrence fail. We can draft defense next year. You know, I, it wouldn't shock me if his, his college teammate ATN is the pick at twenty five, just for comfort and a nice guy, a little outlet receiver, or you know, an offensive lineman that they don't might necessarily have to have, but we're gonna give him a pick anyways. Or, you know, is Fryer Muth gonna be the forty fifth pick? Like, don't be surprised when this isn't as defensive heavy as you would expect, because with concerning considering their defensive needs.
1: My bold prediction is Gregory Rousseau. And I don't know if that's a 25, maybe even pick 33. Yeah, Trent balky loves length. He absolutely loves yeah. length. Alden Smith, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, right? And so the the, the long arms, I think uh, Gregory Rousseau is, is Trent Baalke's guy. He's got circled. So mm. uh, I would not be shocked. It's at good call. One of their selections. He also yeah. loves guys that used to have torn ACLs. So look out for that. <laughs> look out for that, Jaguars fans. How about the Kansas City Chiefs? coming up next and uh, we'll get through the rest of the afc and get you ready for the nfl draft right here on peacock and williamson you're running out of time to get involved with some of these draft props at betonline.ag a couple of interesting ones here with penne soul over under five and a half trey lance over under pick six and a half and some of the information we're getting now on what's going on with pick three and pick four kyle pitts Five and a half, Trey Lance, six and a half. It's starting to really feel like both of those are going to be under. A ton of other over unders on different players, which teams will pick what at the top. We've got win totals now on the 2021 season for teams. And of course, the other sports that are going on right now NBA action just about every single day, NHL, Major League Baseball, poker, awards shows, real time updated odds and props on almost anything. You can imagine free to sign up. Just go to the website, use the mobile app, sign up today, and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on that online your online sportsbook experts. One reason to repair and maintain your car yourself is to save money and then you can use that for other important things like the mortgage or food or whatever it is you want to spend your money on rather than going to some super expensive repair shop because you didn't take care of the things you could do on your own. Why would you choose to spend, say, 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? The guy's behind the counter on his computer. You can't see the screen. You don't know what's on that screen. They might have a very limited stock of items to select from. That is not the case at rockauto.com. An unbelievable selection of any parts you could imagine for your car or truck at rockauto.com. For example, a Delphi fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. Yeah, they got it. It's about $150 cheaper at rockauto.com than a big chain store. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Kansas City Chiefs no longer in round one, but they've got themselves a left tackle from the Baltimore Ravens in Orlando Brown. They pick at 58, they pick at 63 in round two, so a couple of late seconds They've got a third rounder, a couple of fourths, a couple of fifths, so a lot of later picks to add some depth on this team. But they've pretty much got their starters figured out.
0: Yeah, I mean they got seven picks in four rounds after round one. They wouldn't surprise me at all if they traded up for Rondell Moore. Or I mean, they're going to add some receiver, in my opinion. That we're going to all be like, ooh, that's scary. You know, even if he's only a part-time player, I I really think that's going to happen. They already have their left tackle. I'm sure they'll grab you know grab another offensive lineman somewhere in the mix. But I think Andy Reid looks at the draft now and says, I did all the dirty work. I'm going to go get some fun toys.
1: Looking at the way that trade was structured with Baltimore and having those two picks, and I'm looking at the trade chart right now. So 58 and 63, this is the old Jimmy Johnson trade chart. Uh, that's worth together about 600 points, which will get you up potentially back to where they were at 31. In fact, 31 is worth exactly 300 points. So hmm. late first, maybe early Elijah second Moore. round and Kansas city going up for a quarterback pack or not a quarterback, but a, a pass catcher for their quarterback with those two second round picks. I kind of like
0: that. Yeah. I think it's a possibility. I mean, I didn't realize they had extra force, extra fifths, you know, if some of these receivers there are so many of them start to fall, they could go move up a short distance, a long distance, you know, the, they, and, and then they'll add a linebacker and a couple things on defense too. But they're going to keep a strength of strength, and they're going to find some dynamic playmaker. Like Rondell Moore just keeps coming to mind.
1: Rondell Moore would be so annoying on the truth, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> For those teams like the Las Vegas Raiders in the AFC West, Raiders pick it at seventeen. And uh, they have a couple of fifth rounders, but not a lot of extra draft capital there. They've got seven selections total. Oh, no, they have two thirds as well. 79 sure do, and yeah. 80 back to back. So they do have an extra pick there on day two. Uh, the Raiders are a tough team because I think at a certain point, they've addressed a lot of need needs, but they still don't have great players at all those positions oh. either. So they could almost go anywhere.
0: I, I have a tough time with this team. I mean, I think that, a guy like Tevin Jenkins, I mean, a pure right tackle makes a lot of sense right off the board. Uh, all those linebackers that we've talked about, JOK, Mike Parsons, et cetera, et cetera. A corner. I I've been told that there's certainly a possibility that on day two they could take a Trask or a Mond or somebody like that. I mean, that that would sort of make some sense to me too. I don't think Mariota's going to be back. Are they married to the Car long long term? They short sure need secondary. I mean the. They need everything but running back in some degree.
1: Best player available, maybe, and uh, Mayock and Gruden tend to go off the board too. Mayock mm-hmm. has his favorite guys, and you, you're looking for someone who meets his. You know, he always likes the undersized, underspeed guy. Maybe you know the, the player that they believe in, the hard nosed player, the one that they think is going to come in and play right away and be tough and and. Uh, I think that's the style of player that they love at 17. I don't know who fits that bill exactly and, and what their evaluations are going to tell them. But, uh, you know, that's they go sort of off the board. So consensus, I have a feeling will be broken at 17.
0: Very well. could, And uh, we might roll our eyes about it like Cleveland Farrell pick.
1: Exactly. Or Ornette uh, last year.
0: Nice. Good call. Yeah, Los the history's Angeles? not real strong. Yeah.
1: Los Angeles Chargers at 13 are a prime trade candidate. I could see up or back. Go up to get Rashawn Slater, Pene Sewell, or if if you know Elijah ver Tucker's your guy, maybe drop back a little bit and still get someone like Darius Tucker a few picks later. So they do have a couple of extra uh, picks in this draft. They have two third rounders. They could maneuver a little bit, and I think it's imperative that they go get uh, the best offensive lineman available. But maybe that's oversimplifying things for them.
0: Yeah, uh, not to disagree with you because that all makes perfect sense. I mean, especially if a, a Slater or. Uh, Soul is in striking distance, and that adds up to me 100%. But I still think if you stick at 30, you're going to end up with Slater, Darisaw, Vera Tucker, Sertain or Horn, or one of the Bama receivers. You know, you know Several of mm-hmm. those names I mentioned will be sitting there at 13. And I think that all be welcome additions. I like where they sit.
1: I think that could also be why the pick's valuable in a trade down.
0: Yeah, right. Because you could end up with one at 16. Yeah, maybe
1: someone's moving up to get one of the Bama wide receivers or mm-hmm. maybe a quarterback still there or something. You move down a couple spots and you're still getting Vera Tucker or Darisoff.
0: I mentioned the Bama receivers and it doesn't look like a need, but Keenan Allen's not young. Mike Williams is somewhere in between. You could really space out your receiver ages really well and there'd be a much different skill sets. Yes. And you're trying to beat the Chiefs. You know, you're going to score a lot of points. Yeah. I mean, you saw what they did for Mahomes. Do the same for Herbert.
1: I think it's a perfect way to put it is uh, Mike Williams is a very specific type of receiver. And so is, you know, you got basically a a full-time slot, right. In Keenan Allen. And then you've got your outside X receiver, get that other guy that can run the full route tree for you there. That could make a lot of plays. I I could see that for sure. A little bit of speed, a little bit of lateral quickness there for, uh, for a wide receiver in Los Angeles how about the Miami Dolphins who uh, if it wasn't for the Jaguars would be running the show here on draft day and uh, they're going to be a big storyline at six what do they do there's talk that maybe they're going to move again I think maybe if you read the tea leaves they thought Pitts was going to be there at six for him uh, or Jamar Chase and they might both be gone so what does that mean for the Dolphins could they be on the move again from number six after trading twice already pre-draft they have another selection at 18 Could they be going maybe up from 18 to close that gap potentially, which I like for the Dolphins and and two picks in the second round as well. So a lot of selections and they could go a number of ways here, but at some point you got to draft difference making players and having draft picks doesn't help you win games. Having players helps you win games. So I kind of like them sticking at six and moving back up from 18 and getting another wide receiver. Like what if you, what if you turned six and 18 into Sewell and Devante Smith?
0: Yeah. I think that's possible too. That makes a ton of sense. I, I don't think Pitts or Chase will be available at six. And if they're not sold on Sewell, which I think is crazy, I would just take Sewell and move tackles around and put him in a left tackle and live from that. But if they aren't, maybe you trade down to eight and then trade up from 18 or I, I don't know. Or you know, you, you trade down from six to 10 or something like that. Somebody wants a quarterback. Talk to Denver. You still get a Bama receiver there, and at eighteen you get Derisaw or somebody like that. I mean, I think they have a lot of options. I don't love how it sits right this second for them, though. So your trade scenarios make some sense. You also have two seconds. Um, you know, you got five picks in the top three, th- top three rounds. I'm sure they'll be looking for some pass rush help as well, maybe a linebacker. But I would grab. A, I would try to get get leave this draft with a big time receiver and a big time offensive lineman somewhere
1: see a lot of ATN and Najee Harris at 18. Don't don't do it dolphins like draft Javante Williams at 36 or something, right? Like don't go running back at 18. That's, that's my only advice for the Miami dolphins.
0: Yeah. I think Harris could fall there and trust me, I'm going to lobby for Harris at 24 for the Steelers. I think 18 to that team is not the right move because there'll be better offensive linemen available. There'll be better edge pass. I'd rather draft Quinny pay if I were them. or, you know,
1: New England Patriots are going to be a huge storyline in this one, just because they always are anyway, and the fact that a future quarterback is still not there. Uh, There's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo rumors, but I don't think the Garoppolo trade, even if they're ready to do it, and they have negotiated, and those rumors are true, and they negotiated a contract, and they're ready to make a, a move Thursday night, Friday morning for Garoppolo, that would have to be that they didn't get a quarterback either at 15 or move up for a quarterback, and there's some smoke to them possibly going all the way up to number four and maybe drafting someone like Justin Fields or Trey Lance that high. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Patriots? Do they get aggressive? Do we see Bill Belichick go up for his quarterback?
0: I think you kick the tires for sure. I mean, I think free agency implies and the number of picks they have, including next year stuff that you could do that kind of move. It's not a very Belichick-like move, though. I mean, he likes to make a lot of picks. He's a trade-down guy more than a trade-up guy. They don't have tons and tons of needs, but I think they might trade up to, when it's all said and done, quarterback aside, maybe they trade up to nine or ten and draft J.C. Horn or Sertain, you know, because I don't think Gilmore is in the long-term plans, and that's an instrumental piece of their football team.
1: Yeah, going up to four is going to be pricey. I, I, that's why yeah. I keep coming back to pick seven. I think seven is the spot, and maybe we'll see the Patriots picking there and drafting a quarterback. Maybe one of the quarterbacks still falls to them. I, I think it's possible one of these quarterbacks gets gets out of the top ten and maybe by a lot. And maybe they are sitting there at fifteen with a quarterback on the board.
0: Yes or no? If Mac Jones doesn't go three, he lasts to fifteen. I say it's, yes.
1: It's hard. I don't, I feel like everyone's over aggressive right now, but we've seen in years past that there's always somebody that falls. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, and this is the way I've put it to 49ers fans, because I've been asked this question on locked on 49ers. The way I always put it is if the Niners don't draft Jones at three, he would still be there at 12 where they were originally selected. That's my thought. So I tend to agree. And if he's there at 12, unless someone jumps up, which is possible to get in front of the Patriots, that's why I think maybe he wouldn't get to 15 because the team would move up at some point. Um, like if you're, you know, because if you're at nineteen or twenty, then you can get up in front of fifteen. So that's why maybe he doesn't make. Sure, it to 15. Washington, Chicago. But I think Mac will fall if he doesn't go three.
0: Yeah, would Denver pass on him if the other ones are available or are gone? I feel
1: like the Bridgewater move makes me feel like it's hard because my personal valuation is not high on Mac Jones, and I would and right. all these teams, I think, well, you're not going to pass on Trey Lance or Justin Fields if they fall, but you might pass on Mac Jones, but maybe the right. NFL likes him a lot more than I do.
0: Yeah, I and mean, that's what I'm starting to think too. You know, he doesn't overwhelm me, but there's something to be said for processing extremely quick. Everybody gives Mac Jones a hard time. Of well, when the play breaks down, it doesn't go to script, and that happens five to ten plays a game. You don't have second reaction talent, and that's a hundred percent true. But if Mac Jones is better than Fields and Lance and whoever before the snap, the play the plays break down less often. You know what I mean? He gets you in the right play before the snap. You understand the blitz is coming. You pick it up and you go there with the football where your Joe other rookie quarterback says, I didn't see the blitz. He gets blasted and has to run around and make a play on a script.
1: Yeah, with Jones, it's how quickly does he adjust to, oh, this is a lot faster and my team's a lot worse compared to my competition than it used to be in college, right? That's how quickly does he yeah. overcome that? And is his processing and smarts, you know, is he a surgeon? And how quickly can he become that surgeon is the big question for me because he wasn't great under pressure. He's not great on the move or anything like that. And he's going to be pressured more and he's going to have a lot smaller windows. So that's and we saw how hard yes. it was for Tua as a rookie going from Alabama to Miami. So that's the big
0: question for me. Yeah, I mean, all rookies struggle, and right. you're not going to overcome it with your mind.
1: New York Jets, they have they're a fun. whole bunch of selections here. They're picking at 2, they're picking at 23, they're picking at 34. They have a couple of third-rounders, 66 and 86. This is what Joe Douglas has been gearing up for for a while in New York, and they get a chance to now drop the hammer with some of these draft picks. They've got a couple of fifths, a couple of sixths as well. How many picks is that? Uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. ten. Ten draft picks through six rounds. Yeah for the New York Jets.
0: I love it. I mean, they're obviously going to take quarterback too. Um, I think they're going to take premium positions. I I bet there's another tackle there to put opposite Becton. They're going to draft an edge. I bet there's a
1: 23, what's that? 100% chance. They draft an edge at 23. I guarantee it right Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Robert Sala without question. I bet they get an outside corner, you know, positions that are expensive, pass rushers, pass defenders, pass protectors, that's what I think they do. And then with the hundred and seventh pick, they take Trey Sermon or some running back to plug into the mix, you know.
1: Percent chance that it's not Zach Wilson at two.
0: One.
1: Ooh, one percent. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll I I'll, say, think it's time. I'll say one yeah. and a half. Okay. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: That's like the uh, price is right when I you that's like when you bid a dollar. Yeah, yeah, you or, bid. Yeah, i, yeah, I have five hundred and you bid five oh one. I'm like, oh I am not gonna win. <laughs>
1: Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers, my only advice, don't take a running back.
0: I think they're going to. Najee's the guy. I think they see a lot of Le'Veon Bell and Najee. You know, Just a big receiving. Their short yardage has been bad. Their running back play has been bad. Trust me, in a nutshell, I am not take a running back in first round. Big believer, especially over a tackle or something like that. But in this case, with the very few running backs that fit the bill, I would take Najee Harris at 24. I think the other two options there are Zayvon Collins, who you put him next to Bush. I think that'd be pretty exciting. Or a trade down. I mean, I think I could see them moving to 30, pick up an extra second or third, and take Javante Williams and, you know, fill another need. But here's my one thing. I just kind of mentioned this with another team. If you take Najee Harris at 24, I still think 55 is going to be Creed Humphrey or Minerts. And then 87 is going to be. Spencer Brown or some project tackle. So it's not like they're not going to leave this draft without offensive linemen. It might not be in round one. though. There is some
1: nice interior options at 55, which makes mm-hmm. me.
0: They're going to draft a center of, high. I yeah. promise you that.
1: What about Tevin Jenkins at 24?
0: He's one that I might differ from that plan. Okay. Uh, you know, just plug him in. Or, give me Tevin Jenkins, Minerts and Sermon with my top three picks. Okay. Let's
1: finish it up with the Tennessee Titans. They're drafted at 22. They're drafted at 53. They got a couple of third rounders as well, a couple of sixth rounders. So uh, they do have extra draft capital in the 2021 NFL draft. What direction are you taking for the Titans at 22?
0: I never thought of this with them, but you just mentioned Tevin Jenkins. I mean, they used a first round pick one year ago on a right tackle. who's not in football anymore. Might they look at Tevin Jenkins and his brutal style and just say, yep, I'll take it. Yeah,
1: you know what? Maybe. Make uh, up for that mistake. He's a better prospect anyway. And, yeah. uh just, you know, forget Trust about worthy. it. Trustworthy. You, you, you finished it. You fixed the position finally. Move on.
0: Yeah. Uh, you never see that link, but I could see them loving him. Um, I think Elijah Moore's in play here. I think Bateman's in play. Uh, they took Jeffrey Simmons a couple years ago. Maybe they think of Farley the same way. Uh, we'll wait on it. And, you mm. know, they, yeah. Looking at it that way, I could see that being a Farley landing okay. spot.
1: Okay, that's interesting. I didn't, I did not put that together before. I could absolutely see that corner is need, yeah. and you see the value in a player who's a top ten talent that is falling to you for injury reasons. If your medical guys pass off, I didn't think about that. That's a good one. Farley at twenty two, a lot of similarities there to to uh, Jeffries a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, and it basically this whole off season was revamping their their past defense. You know, Bud Dupree adds a couple more corners. Maybe that's the last piece, and they say finally we have a pass defense. I I can see that.
1: You lost a. They better add a
0: receiver though. Yeah, you lost a receiver
1: and a tight end.
0: Yeah, boy, I hate. I feel for the teams that are tight end needy. It's bad.
1: And the teams at the top don't really need need tight ends. That's going to end up with Pitts either. You know, so it doesn't really help the teams. It's not like there's a team that's like, oh my god, their biggest need is tight end. Oh look, Kyle Pitts is here.
0: Right, and somebody, you know, Atlanta's going to take him, or somebody in the first first couple, just because he's special. But then there's going to be ten teams fighting over Muth and Long and Tremble, and yeah, you know. The more I think about it with the
1: Falcons, the more it makes sense that you draft Pitts and then you trade. First, you trade. Well, yeah, you could trade Hurst too, but trade Julio too, and you know, get your draft capital that way rather than moving back. So you're adding a pass catcher you're also adding draft capital by trading some of the veterans. And so you're doing both rather than trading out of that spot where you think you have a superstar in pits at
0: four. Could be. You could be right. I mean, it's funny because people gave New England a hard time for giving John New and Hunter Henry so much money. But I'm sure Jacksonville would have given one of those two that kind of money and not want to be in this tight end market in the draft because it's junk.
1: That's a good point. And that might make Hearst that much more valuable.
0: You maybe some for Hurst, yeah. I mean, guys like that make some sense. They All got right. a second round. They traded a second round pick for him a year ago.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> I mean, it was just one year ago, right?
1: How fast things change in the NFL. That blows it me seems away. Like Twelve months ago. is an eternity as far as yeah. the NFL calendar goes.
0: Yeah, I think he was a Raven this time last year. I mean, like, oh, wow, that's okay. amazing.
1: All right. Good stuff. It's draft day. Everybody enjoy it. Matt, I know you've got a lot of stuff to do on the air, as do I right here on the network. We've got a live draft show that I'm not hosting, but I will be a part of that jumping in when the Niners are making picks and and doing some other stuff. Uh, I know it's a busy day for us. We don't just get to sit back on the couch and watch the NFL draft, unfortunately, but it's also a lot of fun and super exciting. So Matt, Enjoy the day and have fun. Oh, I will.
0: You too. We're going to recap round one tomorrow. We got one more show, too. We'll be back again. It
1: feels like the end of the week, but it's not. It's only Thursday. So we'll be back recapping everything that happened, which I'm sure is going to be uh, Bananas round one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Happy draft day to all. Happy draft day.
1: Talk to you tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.